Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hi. You know that movie you always wanted to see, but you didn't for whatever reason? Well, I call those black hole films. Everyone has them, and this podcast aims to do something about that. I'm Jeremy Lalonde, and every episode I'll be joined by one or more guests to watch a film that at least someone in that group hasn't seen. We'll talk about our expectations of it before it, and then our thoughts after it. This is episode 48, and I'm joined by Samantha Herman, who is a writer-producer of many things, including a film that came out a couple years ago called Let's Rap, which you should check out. It's very fun and cute. She's also been a casting director on several short films, and we're going to sit down and watch a film together. We're sitting down to watch Five Easy Pieces. I'm Jeremy. I have not seen this. I'm Samantha, and I have also not seen this. And Delighted also, to be here. Yeah, and also, we. this is the first time ever that I, I uh, fucked up and could not get the movie we originally planned to watch. So, but, so we literally grabbed this off the shelf. It made it a little more exciting, and like I told you when we were going through your vast library, it was like being back in a blockbuster again, which I have not had occasion to do in a very long time. So I, it was I, fun. I, I, I take that as a badge of honor, having spent many, many times in blockbusters. It, it was meant as a high compliment. Also, and most of those discs came from blockbuster sales, <laughs> so it's not far off. Uh, yeah, and this one is a random, I bought this, B, this BBC or something set... Criterion set uh, during a flash sale that had this as part of it. So I haven't seen this yet either uh, and have been looking for an excuse to watch any of those. Amazing. I have not seen it. And more than that, I almost know nothing about it. We've read the back of the box. Yeah. And you're like, you that- saw. yeah, I'm like, cool. Sounds good. Yeah. All I know is that Jack Nicholson is the lead. I now know that. Yeah. I didn't know that <laughs> from the box. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's all it. I know going into it. And I know it's of that. It's, it's, it's just after Easy Rider. So, you know, Easy Rider was kind of the film that paved the way for the 70s indie cinema. And so this is just on the heels of that. And that's really all I know outside of the story that we read in the back, which I've already forgotten. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> okay, I know I'm- I wanted to see what we read and now I forgot what that is. This is going to be a wonderful surprise. I thought this was more of like a Clint. You thought it was like a, a Dirty Clint Harry Eastwood or movie. Yeah, I did. I did think. Yeah, I thought he was the lead. So whatever that meant to me. Was what I envisioned, and it is not that. Even no, it's Jack Nicholson as Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> I would our, watch that, and I'm going. I'm about to watch. That's that. how. That's how our review is going to be. But it's like it really didn't live up to my expectations <laughs> that I formed in five seconds. So this is this this is really exciting because it's so rare nowadays that you can sit down and watch a movie that you really have no sense of what it's going to be. I know. I haven't even taken out my phone to look up even the IMDb of it because yeah. I want this to be a pure experience because I haven't had that in ages. No, and the closest I find I ever get to that uh, is going to film festivals. Yeah. You know, and I, I remember the first time I saw American Beauty, I knew nothing about it. I just walked in and sat down and just knew the title, knew that the director hadn't made anything, and remembered Kevin Spacey from like The Usual Suspects and stuff like that. Oh, Spacey, the good old days. Oh. When- uh, anyway, that's, yeah, yeah. that's a, it, it's an interesting time because I was having this conversation just earlier today about this, but the idea, because I know that I, I go through these binges where I buy, you know, used DVDs at, at various places and I'll post the, uh, for this podcast, we, I have this user group that people can like comment on when we're setting up episodes and I usually post photos of like the spread of however many I've picked up. And, and I picked up a usual suspects because for some reason I hadn't upgraded my VHS to it. And someone was like, well, you can't watch that now. I, I, was like, I think that's oh. not true. It's, but it's an interesting conversation about like... Totally. A valid conversation. My perspective would be it's pre-scandal and it's part of something that you enjoy and it can stand alone. But maybe not watch his future work. American Beauty is definitely harder to watch because there's all there is that teenage angle to it. It totally. does so that so I can see ones like that. But it is it is an interesting thing. Is like can you sit back and can you watch these movies now? Uh, and I think it's different for every person, but also every situation too, and who that person was and what happened. And yeah, it's an interesting conversation. That it's tough. I went through that um, during the Mel Gibson time. Like, but I really still want to watch all the Lethal Weapons. It was a struggle, so I, I get it. Um, yeah. I, my conclusion was I'm still going to watch the things I liked, and I felt guilty inside about it. 
I think I think you just make your own decision about it, and that's fine. And and nobody should should shame you. <laughs> I self shamed. Luckily, as far as we know, Jack Nicholson <laughs> has not been accused of any. I don't think so. Anything so to far date. to no. date? <laughs> Maybe by the time this episode comes out, I don't know. But in the meantime, we're l- and we're in a safe space so for le- now. So let's watch. Okay, can I say just two short yeah. comments? Yes. Um, I was prepping for today. Yes. I was listening to a couple episodes, oh. which I was going to do anyway because you're my friend and I wanted to support you and I had them loaded in any case, but this just made the urgency more so. More forthcoming, yeah. Um, so, Streetcar Named Desire, as a play, has a much different ending than the movie. So, I just want to be a pretentious know-it-all because you were talking about that in the broadcast news episode. Ah. Um, so, you should still watch the movie. And my second comment is... Kind of based on what we were just talking about in the library. I own very few DVDs. I'm not a collector in that way. I don't know why. Just, I go to the movies a lot. I watch a lot of TV at home. So yeah. I just don't have a voluminous collection. One of the only DVDs I own is Roadhouse. <laughs> and I encourage you, per the Point Break episode, to, to visit that as soon as possible. You know what's fascinating? I'm reading, um, I'm going to say his last name wrong, Richard and uh, uh, The Grip of Film. He wrote this book called The Grip of Film, which is... But he wrote it as almost like he presents it from somebody else writing. It's this bizarre fucking book that's fantastic. Um, and he re- the character within the character who is kind of writing this how-to film guide that's the most misogynistic, aggressive, bizarre book, but like on purpose. I think you get a kick out of it. Well, it sounds, but, yeah, it sounds like But for him, like he references Roadhouse as if it's Casablanca. <laughs> and and has a, so but it's just like it's very tongue in cheek, and and Steven Seagal is like as far is like the Meryl Streep of acting for him this the, this character that writes this book. Not only am I going to read this book, but I should probably marry this person. <laughs> but I almost want to stop reading it because he references Ro- uh, Roadhouse so much. Did I say it right Roadhouse? Roadhouse, yeah. Roadhouse. So much I'm like, oh, I think you're ruining the movie. Like there's m- moments that I know now that I wouldn't have known without having seen it. It can't be ruined because it can only be seen for what it is. Okay. Um, but I'm not going to belabor the point. Roadhouse, you should see it. So and we'll, I should read the book. So, so what we'll do is I'll try to find a copy of Roadhouse, and next time you're in town, we'll do Roadhouse. Oh, yeah. Okay. Agreed. Okay, deal. I will save it for you. Bless you. <laughs> but in the meantime, five easy pieces. I'm excited. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. So we just finished. Yeah, well, she was the grandma in True Blood, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, so we're, we just finished and we were just looking at Lois Smith because we remember the name, but we couldn't remember what she'd done. And she was just in Lady Bird as the nun and in True in Blood. Blood. It was a, at Marjorie Prime, which I watched the first 10 minutes of on a flight recently, but then I was enjoying it, but I uh, was in a gravel coma and it... I couldn't fight it, and That's I funny. passed out. So I got to return to that. She, uh, so she was the sister-in-law? The sister. His sister. Right. Yes. Oh, right, because she wasn't... Yeah, that makes more sense. I was confused there for a second. Now we're good. She was his sister. Yeah. Because he had a brother and a sister, and then his parents. It was confusing going into the family dynamic of who was who at the beginning. Very much so. It was I mean, confusing on the dynamics a lot of the way. Well, this movie doesn't give you very much. It's no. a, it's got a very deliberate pace. I found myself having to like pinch myself and poke myself to kind of keep with it. It kept throughout. my interest and I knew you had said it was part of like the easy rider oeuvre and so I knew what that meant, but it did take me probably like ten minutes to acclimate. Um, to settle into like what this was going to be. And that was not a bad thing, but it just took me no. a minute to like adjust to what that would entail, which was a very like slow burn, more like a portrait of a time and a kind of guy as opposed to like a traditional narrative. Yeah. Well, because essentially, I mean, it's a tragedy in a lot of ways, especially at the time it came out, because this would have been, you know, right in the time of, you know, real family dynamics and that kind of stuff, right? And this really just flies in the face of that. Like, this is a guy that, you know, was raised to be a, a concert pianist who decided to go be an oil rigger and, you know, was raised listening to Beethoven and is now dating a girl who listens to Tammy Wynette. Yeah. It you was know? also very much a guy who just does his own thing, whatever he wants, plays by no rules, 
doesn't care what anyone says, which has um, a liberation care. to that, but also he was not necessarily a um, appealing A nice character. person? Yeah. He's shit. Yeah. He's a terrible human being. Yeah. I mean, he sleeps with whoever he wants. He's, you know, bring Raynette along on this... Well, not even bringing her along, like reluctantly bringing her along. You never really get the sense... I mean, at one point, his friend... Uh, for lack of a better term, yeah, his, the, the, his male other guy, the Elias? first third, I Elton, his name? Elton, Elton, no, it was, uh, who was almost in a different movie. That guy, uh, <laughs> I don't know what that guy was so doing. So over yeah. the top, uh, tells him that she's pregnant. We never get confirmation. We never get confirmation from her. Correct. Anywhere else, she never says anything. Well, he so, does say the best I can before he invites her on the road trip. Just as he's about to go, he says, best I can do is send you some money, which I felt could mean toward that baby or an abortion or something or that situation. But she didn't really, like, respond to it. And so now I'm not sure. So it's almost like he's justified in, in the way he leaves at the end. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, because she never really brought it up. They never had a conversation about... The future, I don't know. Not that I'm trying to justify his shitty behavior of leaving her at a gas but station. She does say, because I thought halfway through, I said, whose home is this? Because there's so many stuffed animals. So is it his apartment? This is when they were still pre-road trip. Is it her stuff? Like, what's happening with these plushies? And <laughs> we both thought it was his place, but she was a guest. But then in the very end, when they leave... Seattle or wherever they are in Washington, she says, you can stay at our place whenever you want to the family. So oh, I think they, yeah, yeah, yeah. he is leaving like a domestic situation more than like a They've side girlfriend. Yeah. Well, and he also makes that comment uh, earlier on when he, when he, he's off cheating on her with his, like him and, and Elton both hook up with those two girls. Oh, yeah. we, oh, we see them hanging out in their underwear. Oh, uh, well, I was watching but, the credits at the top, and I was studying it because I didn't know anything about this movie. I re- didn't recognize most of the names. I'm so sure I will recognize them when I, like, dive in. And I don't know. It. It's a lot of unknowns. Yeah. I think but Lois well, Smith is the only one I think that... Well, um, maybe you didn't notice this, but one of those girls was Sally Ann Struthers. What? And, yeah, and she's the one who showed her boobs, which I did not was expect. Was she the one with the dimple? Yeah. Oh, the saddest story about how God poked people in the middle of the chin and he didn't love them or wanted to send them back or something. Oh, and then, oh, great. That was Sally Struthers? Yeah. And introducing Sally and Struthers. It did look like her. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that now. Wow. Yeah, no, that showed her boobs. In that weird, weird sex scene where she was just spinning around on him. Yeah, but it just cut, he's with his sister, and then it cuts to them just going for it, him and Sally Ann humping away, and then immediately cuts to whatever the next scene is, which is unrelated to that or her, and she's never in the movie again. Yeah, well, you get the sense that, I mean, with this kind of film and this kind of filmmaking, that there's probably a lot of stuff that they cut out, or some of the stuff they were just kind of figuring out as they went along. And it was just, yeah, it was just like a series of vignettes of this guy's situation and his journey to going to Alaska, I assume. Um, there's not a lot of storyline. It's like... Almost none, yeah. No, he... There's yeah. moments, but there's not really like arcs. Yeah, there's, a, there's a, a trajectory where it goes through. You couldn't just, you know, juxtapose the entire movie however you wanted to. There is some kind of line you could draw. Yes, and there are references that like have momentum toward something that then occurs, but like in a very minimal way. Yeah. Um hit so let's where I mean where do you not the beginning we've already begun. But uh I'm trying to think how do you, how do you it's gorgeous. Like some of the cinematography in yeah. this is, is really, really totally. pretty. Um especially the sunset shots and all the stuff of them driving. The the stuff of the oil fields is really, really pretty. Um, the family home, just you know, cinematically, it's a really, really lush, beautiful film. It's beautiful, and there were also to enjoy that. There were so many just moments of silence and staring, which didn't feel like James Dean Broody. It didn't feel like the next generation of that, which this is. Yeah, but it was still just held, staring long, of like nothing, just basking in that visual. Yeah, well, this is still this is Nicholson 
at the beginning of his career, right? This is mid-70s, I believe. And that was also something I was fixated on, because I, I didn't look it up yet, but I assume he is younger or around the age that I am right now in real life, the time of filming, and yet he feels already like 60. Well, he's just got that kind of quality of just second life. No, that's not the right word, but you know what I mean? Like he, he feel, I think he's just one of those old soul, you know, where Nicholson just feels like he's a guy that's lived no matter what age he is. Yeah. But he also was not the bombastic, larger than life, like Joker Nicholson. It was definitely like an earlier, more subdued Nicholson. But you can see shades of that. Every once in a while when he would like um, just knock over everything on a table. Or that scene of him with the girls at the bowling alley. Yes. Right when he's flirting with them. Yes, and, the eyebrows are like, they're wiggling a little bit. Like, yeah. The, the Jack flirt. That was the only scene I'd seen before somewhere in some kind of clip show of him was the uh, the chicken salad sandwich scene where he orders the toast. <laughs> First of all, that scene was amazing. <laughs> I don't want to come back to that. But I did that in real life recently. I had that without the context of the movie. I had that argument and I did not... Win? succeed and I did not explode like he did and I regret both of those things <laughs> next time you know how to act <laughs> yeah when you I've done similar things where it's just you want something and it's like oh we're not serving that anymore I, I think I ordered I wanted breakfast at a, at a like a diner it's like oh we're not serving breakfast anymore I was like do you still have the things with yeah. which you make breakfast yeah you just you just can't or you it's, won't it's here it's here right I'll give you money for it mine was diff- mine was <laughs> I wanted it was a salad and a side, and I didn't want the side that came with it. I wanted a better, healthier side. And I said, can I sub in that and pay whatever the difference is? And they just said, no. Like, it has to come as a special as is, this combo. You can't trade it. And I was like, I understand what it says, but you could do it. Yeah. What You're is a it? a person. You could yeah. and just charge me more. I'll give you money for that thing that you sell. That's what I never understand. When it's like, yeah, it's like if I just want you to swap it out... For the same price, you can say no. That's fair. But if I'm willing to pay an overage, is it that you just can't figure out what that overage is? Is that the problem? Or you just don't know how to type it in on your machine? Yeah. It's bizarre to me. Now that I'm reflecting on this movie and that, which happened about a week and a half ago, I'm getting inflamed about it again. (laughs) I walked out of that place all fired up. So that scene really spoke to me. I had a scenario. This is written way off topic. Uh, we were going through a drive-thru, it was at Tim Hortons, and I wanted to get rid of the coffee cup that was in their car, and so I handed it to the guy at the till, and he's like, well, I can't take that. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, why? He's like, well, it's, 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 it's a, I guess they have a blanket policy, they can't take garbage, because it's, it's... Oh, those are like, inundated with whatever, like, rando garbage? Dessert. No, but it was a Tim Hortons cup. No, I know, in your case place. it was, but is that why they have the policy? And then, but the guy on the other side was in, inside, and I said, I said what, you really can't take it? Like, you really won't take this cup that came from your store that's just been, only been in my car? And the guy was like, we're handling food in here. I was like, you know what? You're also handling money that I'm passing back and forth that's filthier <laughs> than anything I have in my With car. Anything, and the guy that's at the till is not handling food, <laughs> sir. And I said none of this, but thought of it all on the, on the drive home of like, all the things I wanted to drive back and say it was it's just like oh I was so incensed by the fact that they wouldn't take my my stupid cup. I totally get it, and especially for that seen, rule. Especially for that that's stupid. Now that you've seen this film and that scene, do you feel galvanized to be more aggressive the next time this occurs? Oh, I often am, but just in that moment, I was just so f- taken aback that I couldn't think of anything clever to say. If I can, I will. I'm 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 not soft spoken about such things when they properly occur to me at the time, but when it's when you drive away and two minutes later you have the thought, like, ah, I should have said this. And that was definitely one of those moments where we were, we were just on the, on the beginning of a car ride, like an hour drive, and that whole hour I just, like, replayed the conversation I wanted to have in my head. I get it. So, if, so bravo, Jack Nicholson, totally, for that I'm, scene. I'm going to take away more, but if I could only take away one thing, it would be that scene. Uh, and what he achieved with that waitress and that order and that anger. That was great. Um, what wasn't so great overall in this movie was um, just women in general. <laughs> how they were treated. How they were treated, portrayed. how they behaved, how, yeah, just all of it, everything to do with them. It was a very masculine movie. Um, I'm masculine, stereotypically 
masculine viewing tastes a lot of the time. So I enjoyed it overall. But you enjoy um, women being mistreated in film on a exact, general basis. Love it. Live for yeah. it. Won't see anything but that. Um, <laughs> but well, there's uh, a lot to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was really overt yeah. how terrible it was. Well, and it's almost to the point where it's like I find myself. It's interesting just like watching your reaction because when I see scenes like that, I kind of have this uncomfortable laugh where I just, because I can't, it's just so bizarre to me that I, that I just find it funny in a really weird way because it feels so out of touch. But then just like sitting, watching you go just gasp and you're like, <laughs> ugh. Yeah. It's, just, it's the same reaction, but just in a different, in such a different thing. But it's just, ugh, like the, just how shitty he was to her. Awful. And there's one scene, he'd met the Sally Struthers and the other friend in the bowling alley, and then they reappear out of nowhere. The next time they appear, well, it, the they're just night, in yeah. braziers, hanging out with him and his buddy. So what was the inclination? They'd all just had sex and they met up in the, in the living room again to have, have another beer? I couldn't tell if they had already had sex or they were on their way toward it and were just kind of... Like in the mid, it feels like a weird move to know. get un- mid undressed and then because they were just being casual and and friendly at that point. But it's also weird to reconvene and just hang out half dressed as well. Is that less weird? I don't know. I I guess I didn't really think it. I thought it was pre, and you think it's post. I think it's post. I think it was post, and then they went and swapped partners after. Oh, I felt like it was pre, and they hadn't even really like assigned partners yet. It was just like still in the party time. That's even weirder for me. But I, but I'm not I, sure. We could both be right. Or, I mean, either of us could be right. No. One of, we had to just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's funny. For some, I just, I just kind of assumed it was after. But at the same time, why would you put your clothes back on? Then if you contrast it with the later sex scene with Jack and Rayette, he is in a t-shirt. So it seems like he's just not into disrobing in general during his lovemaking. So it's hard to decide no, from he his wants, Yeah, He does him. Yeah. He wants to be <laughs> comfy. Well, he well he sleeps with what like at least four women in this movie, is that right? Three is it? Well, depending on if three. he sleeps with both of the bowling girls. So three we, anyway. We aren't sure. Three to four, yeah. He sleeps with his brother's wife or or fiance, whatever she is. And that yeah. really upset me because she was the first woman in the movie to be that, somewhat of a character, um, like a human formed something that you could identify and also she wasn't succumbing to him i thought oh finally someone won't tune into his charms and then like immediately like he pushes her on the bed after she tells him to get out of the room and they're just going for it and she's all into it and it's that typical scene of that era too where the man is like is forceful in a way that you watch now and you're like "Ooh, dude that's she said no but it comes off as well no he's being passionate and romantic. Yeah, he's being assertive and... Which is a good thing, uh, yeah, quote-unquote. Like, she just needed him to make that extra gesture, and of course she was ready and willing. But, like, in today's standards, that's assaultive. Yeah. No, but it's, but it's interesting because it's like, cause you have, like, this generation of people that are raised on movies like this. And not just this movie, but I'm talking about, you know, there's a scene like that in the original Blade Runner where Harrison Ford grabs... Um, Sean Sean Young, yeah, uh, and it's it's meant to be that kind of scene, right? And and I know I remember having, um, you know, kind of an altercation. Altercation is not the right word, but kind of an argument with a, a girl I was dating many many years ago, long time ago, uh, where just at the beginning of our courtship, where. Um, she got upset with me because I I didn't just grab her and kiss her or do something, just grab her. Oh, you didn't do, do the move. Yeah, and I'm like... And she was annoyed by that. Yeah, and it's like, so you wanted me to just, like, grab you and throw you down on the bed on the off chance you were into that. <laughs> like, what's the... Uh, yeah, because what if you had done it and she wasn't prepared? Yeah, like, that's... that's I understand. Tough. That's t- it's tough to be a guy these days. You, got, you never well, but, know how but this to... This is over 10 years. This is, yeah. like, probably 12, 13 years Even ago. Then. Even then. It's like, that's not something I'm comfortable with. I don't want to ever have that icky, like... you. I, I pride myself on someone who kind of knows how to read the cues. And clearly I didn't know how to, I wasn't reading a cue at that point. Right, but yeah. But you also don't want to be the guy to be like, may I put my arm around you now? May I, you know, there's a middle ground. There's a, there's a fine line. So I would just say. In he was this, over that line hard. Oh, for sure. 
But that said, in this day and age, I would say, ladies, make just give guys really obvious cues. So that we don't have to have those awkward moments. Okay, but some of us ladies are not skilled at giving those cues. That's fair. And it's just tough to be I'm in relationships. Just, yeah, I'm just talking um, on behalf of a friend. Some of us ladies are just not good at sending those signals. <laughs> We're reading them in return. This is fair. I've now been married for 10 years, so I, I, I don't. Yeah. Are, the signals are very obvious. <laughs> it's like I folded the laundry, which means that <laughs> I have now made my wife very turned on. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the cues in my relationship at this point. Oh, that's I just, that's all I want. Right? I'm not there. Yeah. yeah. I, I would be so happy. You hear that, guys? You fooled Sam's laundry. <laughs> You're in. Like, Flint. Just don't want to have to, like, interpret cues that are not as clearly defined as that. Oh, I'm so happy I'm not in any kind of form of, of dating world, hopefully, ever again. It's I rough just, out there. I it's can't imagine... Worse. Yeah, it's I, I'm not looking forward to the, the time and era where I have to give my children advice as they come into age. I can't even fathom what it's going to be like when they start dating in, I'm hoping, 50 years from now. <laughs> no, but imagine the span, even in our dating time, like pre-Facebook to now all these apps. What will it be in the Yeah, because I miss that. Like I, I, like, I met my wife through uh, a date an online dating service before it was even remotely hip or cool to use online dating. Is uh, it hip or cool now? Well, but I it's, guess more, it's, it's more common. Prevalent. It's yeah. common now. Like back then it was seemed like, Oh, like what's wrong with you? You have to meet someone online. You can't meet them in a bar or a club or this kind of stuff. And it's a club. That's just it. I was never one of those kind of people. Right. Um, and I didn't really want to date someone in the industry. I wanted to find like a regular person to keep me normal and grounded. <laughs> Fair. Uh, so it's your regular male viewer listeners swipe, swipe me. Yeah. But so, so I just, I missed all of that kind of stuff. Um, thankfully. Cause I just, you just, it's like, I don't know if you ever, when you, but if you ever use the phrase play Tinder. And just the idea of that, like, let's play. It's like, that's... Yeah, of course, I've said it and I've done it, and it's horrible. <laughs> but it's, like, it's a game? It's like, that's a person, it's a human being thing, person that you're just... Yeah, but maybe they are also having their friend just go oh, on I'm there. Oh, I'm sure and, they are. Yeah, I mean... As long as it's mutual... It's awful out there. Yeah. Uh, moving on, so... <laughs> but that's... But that, it's interesting, because it's like, you, you think about... As much as this seems like a weird tangent to be talking about this with this movie, I think it does fit. Because you look at, like, this is a guy that is so ahead of his time in who he is and what he's doing. You know what I mean? Like, that guy kind of fits now. Yeah, I've come full circle. Just push me on the bed. I don't want to have to swipe or <laughs> send signals. But, you know, but, no, <laughs> but not even just in that. Just, just in the kidding. sense of, like... Just this, kidding, this, listeners. But this guy that doesn't want to have... Just doesn't want to do the typical thing of, like getting married and, you know, settling down and doing what his parents did and, and forced. Oh, and totally. He's very, like, I want to do what I want when I want and uh, not commit. And if something cool comes my way, I'm going to go for that. What was interesting was he fully admitted the Sally Struthers thing to Rayette right after he, when they encountered each other again. I think it was at her work at the diner at the parking lot. It's like, yeah, I was with her last night. No, he said he was with Elliot last night. Oh, he wasn't admitting that he was. No, no, no. Oh, I misunderstood. He I said thought he, he admitted it. He says no. I was with my, I was with him last night. It's like it's totally fine. Oh, I thought he was just. No, like, he was totally, totally being just shitty. like not caring no. and admitting it. If he was, then that's great. That would be cool. That I thought that happened. And she's okay with it. Yeah. Okay. Then, then they've totally got an arrangement. Wrong. No, he 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 lied to her. Okay, then I hard. take it all back. He's a dirtbag. Full totally. on. No, he's just. It, it really, really is. But it's. I guess, you know, you you allow it to some small extent as an audience because Jack Nicholson is, is charming as the day is long. Yeah, and then I was also thinking, like, as a character, what is he going to learn or change or achieve? That is not this movie. It's not that movie. But he did have that one moment with his dad who couldn't respond to him because he was too ill. And they just he was crying, Jack was crying, and it was the first time he ever really showcased emotion, and he said something along the lines of, I keep running away from things before I ruin them. So there was some kind of awareness where when he did leave her, Rayette, like, to 
couple scenes after that, and which was the end of the movie, it felt like in his mind maybe he was doing something noble. He's justified. He doesn't want to... But then cut her loose earlier. His methods were not ideal. That's just it. It's like, don't ask her. But it's interesting. He kept on... I mean, what's, what's fascinating about his character is he kept on wanting to do the right thing. You know, the fact that he invited her along on the trip... Which uh, shocked me. Didn't shock you. Yeah. I kinda, well, as soon as he started... As soon as he didn't drive off right away, I, I kind of get the sense he was going to go back and bring her. Because he... He wanted to be that stand-up guy. He wanted to do the right thing. But did he? Because when Elton said, if you leave a pregnant woman, I can't abide that, and they got in their fight. But then he came back right away and saved... He did. And helped his friend in this fight that he had no idea why these guys were fighting, and then found out that his friend had knocked over a five-and-dime on the 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 reservation. Yeah. And finally got caught up with him. And and never in the movie again, either. Never saw him again. But that's the pattern of... Of Bobby, that's the character's name, right? Yeah. Jack's character. Uh, that's the pattern of him is like always wanting to do the right thing, but just fucking can't, or just or can't stick to it. You know, so he invites Ray, Rayette, Rayette, right? Rayette, yeah. Rayette on the trip, but then gets cold feet right at the finish line and realizes I do not want to bring you home to my family. Yeah, uh, which when you meet his family, you get you're like, yeah, she's, she's, she's not white, a fit she's and- white trash. They're bourgeois, like academic snobs. Yeah, you you got cold. You you brought her along because you felt bad for her, but then realized at the last minute her coming is not a great idea. Uh, so so pulled back, and that's just him over and over again, you know, trying to do the stand up thing, and then just going fuck it doesn't fit. That's true. He does kind of come through. He gives those two stranded girls the ride, which I thought was going to get uglier than it did. It didn't at all. They he just dropped them where they wanted to go and. Carried on with our way, I assume. Um, yeah, that's like his version of Save the Cat. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it was weird that they just left their totaled car that they had just bought and carried on with life. Um, but I guess that was the 70s. No insurance. In you could have cut that whole sequence out of the movie and it wouldn't affect the story oh. whatsoever. But you wouldn't have the exiled sandwich scene. Well, could you cut it out, though? Because I think he went to Alaska at the end, and which... They referenced. Oh! Yeah, I think you're right, actually. Because the trucker that he hitchhikes with says, you better put that jacket on where we're going. It's like colder than hell or something. He says something that implied deep cold. So I just thought, I I just interpreted that, but it was not really said. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Thank you for bringing that up. And I wonder if it's something to do with the idea that it's clean. Because that was the one thing she kept on focusing on, right? That woman Yeah, in the car. she was very progressive as far as, like, clean energy. Yeah. She was very, like, current with that. and But treated in the context of the movie as, like, a weirdo. Now she'd be pretty... Sure. We have stuff. this conversation now about, you know, cars that are powdered on water, but we're yeah. not allowed to have them because of the, you know, the industry would never support that. Um, you know, that's, that's, you know, this movie is now, what, 50 years old, almost? Yeah. 40 anyway. At least, yeah. Um, so it's interesting because we're still having those conversations, but yeah, you're right. She's, she's seen as like a far left weirdo, uh, where now she's right in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think he does go, he must go just to, to try that out too. Yeah. It was a fascinating movie. I really, I, I like as much as I despised, you know, watching him as this, this train wreck of a man. Just treating people terribly, you know. There, what I did like, I like those moments where you just get a sense that he is trying. Like there is, mo- he he doesn't like himself. He doesn't like himself, and he does have, do some things that are sweet. Like just even the ping pong scene with his brother, who he doesn't really get along with or respect that well. But they were still like having a laugh and playing. I just thought that was like a nice exchange between them. Yeah, the even scene- though he was making fun of him, like there were still three siblings hanging out. Yeah, that, that really great scene that you don't realize is foreshadowing uh, when he gets out on the highway and, and starts playing the piano on the back of that pick, uh, the pickup truck. Oh, which I, I also love that moment. Love that. Yeah. And that's one of those, I think, iconic images from the movie is him in the back of there. Uh, but but it's great because in the moment, you're just like, oh, what a great little fun little character moment. And then, you know, once you meet the family, you're like, oh, you were like being groomed to be a concert pianist. Yeah, this is a very like deep-seated... 
factor in your life. Yeah, because at that point, he's just like a blue-collar worker. Yeah. But I think she, Freya does say at one point, will you play for me? Because she's always singing at him. I don't know. There was a reference. But yeah, it was definitely not as clear that it was like a big deal. But back to the piano scene, and in general this movie, like the time and logistics do not add up. And it was distracting to me because like that's a... I'm already like fixated on that. Well, kind of go stuff. ahead. Go further. Um, well, it turns off the road, and then he shows up at her diner. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that's again—that's no the nature of independent filmmaking. That era, there's probably a scene we miss in between. Yeah, because he just—he gets off that truck. He gets off that truck. He's in his work clothes still, and he's where he presumably wants to be. But even more, so he's—he visits with the sister in LA. She tells him the dad is sick, and says. He says, I'll see you in a couple of days in Washington. And then he drives there. She's already there. Why didn't they go together? Just logistically, yeah. some of that travel didn't add up. And also, I don't know. I'm sure no one else nitpicks like this. But um, then he says in the very end, I've been here a week. That's too long. Like, I need to clear out with the parents. And Rayette said, I was at the motel for two weeks waiting for you. Uh there was time between that, though, wasn't there? Or no, not that much. Between him ditching her and getting off the ferry? I, it, I thought it was maybe a day. Yeah, she was the most patient woman ever. That poor, poor Rayette. I yeah. really hope she's not pregnant. Ugh. But I think she probably is. She got the car, right? He, <laughs> he didn't leave her. And maybe that, his suitcase that's in the car? That was the one thing, that was one note you made. You're like, I guess at least... She, he stra- she stranded her with the car, so she's not stuck there. Because <laughs> I knew for sure he was, when she walked into that store without him, like, well, she's, she's getting f- stranded in some She's going to figure it out very quickly. Yeah. Um, I liked his performance a lot, though. I mean, though he was a dirtbag of a character. I mean, Jack's just one of those, Jack Nicholson is just kind of effortless. You know, like he always seems like one of those guys that just doesn't even know what acting is because he's just so every moment just feels real. But but it, but when you when you peel the back if you studied it, you, you'd see the technique inside of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just feel like he's the kind of guy that if you were to interview, he would just punch you if you asked him about his intentions. Oh, like or, what's your process? Yeah, he would just tell you fuck off. Like hundred <laughs> percent. You know what I mean? Then and for sure now. Because I don't know if I've ever seen an interview with Jack Nicholson. I can't think of anything that was at that level. Maybe something like fluffy on the red carpet. I'm sure, sure I've seen, but like, yeah. yeah, nothing like Not in inside the actor's studio. Definitely not. But I went to a Lakers game last year. My first Lakers game, first and only. And we were up in the boonies, but we were above Jack. And I don't care about basketball. I had an out-of-town guest that was my brother and we went. Um, I watched Jack the entire game. And how was he? He was riveting. Because <laughs> he was really into it? <laughs> he was into it. I'm like, oh, he's going to the bathroom. How? When's he going to come back? Oh, he's back. Uh, <laughs> what, what kind of beverage does he have? Like, I was just... What, what did he have? I couldn't see what he had no. in my boonie seats, but he had a beverage. Did he get a hot dog? What did he... I don't think so. No. He was just, like, into the game. He left for the halftime show, which I enjoyed. I mean, I didn't enjoy that he was gone. I enjoyed the show. I think he missed out. Um, yeah, that's my commentary about the Lakers. <laughs> Hilarious. Because he was courtside cheats, I imagine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As front and center as one can be in that kind of arena. LL Cool J was also there. Not as good a seat. Almost as good. So, yeah, Banner Day for me. <laughs> and Larry David. Those were the three I was watching. But mostly, I mean, Jack. And then when he wasn't in sight, I'd move on to them. What was, what was the hierarchy for you of the three? Do Fuck, Mary Kill with... Uh, oh, Interesting. I really have to simmer on this. I mean, I guess... No, you gotta do the instinct. Fuck no, Mary okay. Kill. I guess you have to fuck Jack because he's a legend in acting and in the boudoir. Yeah. And I love Larry David and I feel a kinship with him. However, you don't I don't... No. And I think that LL would be... Ladies cool love cool yeah. James. <laughs> yeah. He just got his Kennedy Center Award a couple weeks ago. It was on TV. And he was so appreciative of it and, like, enjoying the night. And his wife of many years was there. And uh, yeah, oh. I would totally marry LL. Yeah. 
And I think that's the order pretty much anyone would pick. <laughs> but I love Larry. I don't want him to belittle Larry. Larry would not begrudge you killing him in that scenario. I think he would he'd probably be like, welcome it. He'd be upset if you picked <laughs> any of the other options for him. He would question you as a human being. I agree. Yeah. I am at peace with this. But if you threw Denzel in, who's also a Den- uh, Lakers fan, who was not there. But I don't know. That would change up the dynamic. But that's why there's only three. You can't have yeah, a fourth. Yeah, true. Fair. In the category. <laughs> uh, what else to unpack in the movie? Um, so many tucked in male shirts. The, that one outfit of the, of the brother-in-law that was working out? Was right? He, oh, the nurse? The nurse. That's who he was. With, with the tucked in turtleneck and the white like trousers that he worked out in? Yeah, but I don't think, as we mentioned when we were watching, I don't think that was his gym attire. I think that was his attire. And he just took in like a light sesh throughout the day with the barbells because he like resumed work in that outfit. Okay. And then he was half in that outfit when he was trying to get fresh with the sister. He was just in the tank top, but same pants. I think he just lost the sweatshirt. So I think that was just his everyday look for all purpose. Jack Nicholson had a turtleneck in this too. Turtlenecks were big in this movie. Turtlenecks were big and they were all tucked. I just bought my first turtleneck recently. A real turtleneck or a mock? What's what's a mock? It has, it goes the up. The dicky? No, it goes up, but it doesn't actually fold over. Oh, this folds over. So you got the full deal. I got a real turtleneck. Nice. Yeah. Well, I, the, it's just the, the, having the thing on my neck has always bothered me. Cause I run it, hot. Yeah, cause, well, because it, it used to be extra tight because I, I was larger. Uh, so, so it's not as bad, but I will say I it took some getting used to. You're like that George Costanza episode with like, you stretched out my turtleneck. <laughs> you will never run into that problem. Now. No, I don't want it running against neck. my neck. I don't mind it if I'm outside, but when you're inside, and I went to see a movie with it on the first time, I will not repeat that mistake. I now know the turtlenecks for a very specific environment. I didn't buy a turtleneck today and bought a crew neck sweater today at Joe Fresh. Like the opposite. Um, yeah, be, but I like the turtleneck better aesthetically, but I just felt I'm going to run hot in this. This isn't going to work for me. You know you. Yeah, I know my sweat levels. Yeah, and this was going to be a problem. Hilarious. <laughs> I got a scarf and then unscarf as needed. But that's the layers. I, I respect that. Yeah, that's my move. I'm all about the layers. <laughs> no, no, that's why you got to do it. Yeah, so many tuck shirts. So he had that flowered blouse that Jack had was pretty glorious. The, like a tumnal colored one. Yeah. Oh, my favorite look was Stoney, who's Elton's wife. In the bowling scene. I don't know if you noticed this. She was wearing a bowling shirt with bowlers on it. No, I didn't notice. And it was amazing. I love bowling. I don't know if you knew that about me, but I do. Boys out there, it could be our first date. Jack um, was a good bowler. He was a good bowler. He had good form. But I, the first thing I do when I go home is going to see if that shirt exists, if there's like a community of fans of this movie's um, costuming, and I will purchase that shirt if it's a thing that is available if to me. If you spend five minutes on Etsy, you will find that shirt. You think? I don't know. I'm, j- I'm making that up. <laughs> I'll let you know. But if you, you, sure. you let me know if you can find it. I, I will not purchase my own, but I will <laughs> gladly see a photo of you in it. Okay. I, it's my new mission. Yeah, he had good form, but I don't think he was a real piano player. Oh. I guess you never really saw his fingers playing, did you? He saw the profile when he was on the truck. I mean, I'm a very novice piano player, like super novice, but it didn't look to me like it was right. But I mean, I could be wrong. But and then when it was on uh, on him at the home, the family home, it was just hands and then him, hands and him. And then there was one shot with like a very simple combo that was full yeah. view of him. I remember that. Done. Yeah, I remember that. I'm sure he learned enough to be able to fake the motions. Yeah. I wonder it's not, it's not if he's like a full pianist. It's, it's nice to be able to, like, I would like to think most actors like the challenge of learning a new skill if they don't already have one. Um, like you look at, you know, what Ryan Gosling went through to do. Yeah, I was just thinking about La La that. Land. That was full blown though. He like oh, fully he could do played it. it yeah. As but he life. also spent hours a day just working on just those specific things. Those right. songs, yeah, that material. Yeah, so it's like that was something that he had to, you know, they spent weeks and weeks doing it. Uh, but at the same time, like, that's commitment to a very small part of a role. 
Yeah, that's crazy. It's uh, I just saw I Tanya and she did the same. Oh, thing I haven't seen it yet. No, but me. I mean, she just learned how to skate. Oh in yeah, life yeah, yeah. In the same way, but like that's a predominant factor of the movie. I guess but, the piano is too. But but that's also something fun. Like now you have a trick. The piano one comes in handy more often than I'm sure just being able to do an axle or whatever. Loft, whatever the skate. Whatever Margot are, Robbie yeah. learned. Like you can't just break that out randomly. You but, have you to know. organize. Uh, group activities where you'll be near frozen ponds you and really have do. your skates like yeah. slung over your arms cash just like as maybe where Gosling can just you know stroll to any random piano yeah true that's a better skill to have so, although that said the figure skating one's more impressive when you pull that off but it's also more painful physically if you don't pull it off if you fuck it up yeah, yeah. okay so after the shirt my second mission will be finding out if Jack is a true pianist I'll report back on both I don't think I've ever seen him play an instrument in another movie. Nerds? <laughs> Hit me up if I'm wrong. I'm sure <laughs> Tweet I am. Tweet it. Twitter it. I'm trying to remember. I, I, I picture him with a, a saxophone, but I don't know why that is. I Now that you've put the image in my mind, I can picture that, but it's not in a frame of a context. But that's because of the sunglasses that were... Oh, yeah. Maybe it's just like um, superimposed in like a Blues Brothers poster Yeah, with his face. He could do anything. He can. Oh, I have to research all the people, too, the, the rest of the cast, because I, I want to understand where they came from and what they then did and the director. Like, I don't know anything about the backstory of the personnel in this movie. Yeah, it feels like it's all part of this this BBS company that made this series of movies. Like they're all very kind of incestual in terms of, I think, like, the DP worked on a lot of them. Mm. Uh, Jack Nicholson directed one of the movies. Oh, really? I think it was a movie called Drive, he said, which is part of this this set as well. Um, Dennis Hopper directed Easy Rider. And the guy that directed this one, whose name I'm not going to say right, like Bob Roffelson or something. Uh, what? Yeah, that sounds like what I read on the credit. Yeah, I directed another one called The King of Marvin Gardens that's in this section, this this set as well. So. All right. It's inter- yeah, oh, I want to read more. There's a little booklet that came with it, but I'm always, you know, Criterion always puts out these amazing little booklets. But I almost always want to wait until I've watched a whole set of them before I read it because I don't want to ruin any of the little snippets. But yeah. I think nerdery is is high something to behold, and I love it. I respect it, enjoy it, and I applaud you for it. Do you think that the Stand By Your Man and all the other um, was it Timmy Wynette? Yeah, were made for this movie, or they because it it was. The credit center at the credit, yeah, at the top of the credit. I don't know. Because that's a pretty big song with longevity. I feel like not. I feel like these movies are pretty low budget. Although this is right, you know, this is also before, you know, soundtracks were probably really a big ticket thing. Yeah, it was you probably know? like more orchestral. Yeah, so I think it wasn't. It's not like now where getting a you know getting any kind of semi-popular song is not cheap in a movie. You know, that's one of the more expensive... For those who don't know, you know, soundtracks movies are very, very expensive, and you can often spend as much money on on the soundtrack as you do your whole budget of a film for an indie film, or and, more. Yeah, and the paperwork of the music licensing is so not the fun. worst of any of the... Anyway. And tracking stuff down. That, yeah. But this predates that, so it's like, I think of... You know, when I think of those, those movies of this era, uh, or just later... Uh, like the big chill is one of those like huge soundtrack. Oh my god! Movies. I was catatonic for three days after I watched Big Chill for the first time. Just because the music, or just all of it? I just it just made me so sad. I loved it. I love that movie, but it just I don't know. It debilitated me in oh. a really visceral way. It was weird. It's so great. It's such a yeah. It's such an interesting movie. Uh, but that's got that great Motown yeah that soundtrack to it. Uh, and there's a couple of but that's the ones that really started off. And they, and I think that one sold a shit ton of uh, records or albums at the time, eight tracks, whatever was going on, uh, <laughs> um, and and made the industry go. Oh wait a minute, these should be worth more. <laughs> so I don't know if this is before or after because they did have those big credits off the top, which never happened in movies. Yeah. Okay. So my third project, first project shirt, second project Jack as pianist, third project Tammy Wynette's original song making yes or no for this movie. Yeah. Wasn't that Stand By Your Man? Is that what it's called? Yeah. But I think there were a couple. Yeah, there was a couple. Yeah. Yeah. This was her... That was definitely like the... That was the first one. Timmy Wynette was the Simon Simon Garfunkel of the graduate of this movie. Oh, yeah. But Stand By Your Man is uh, misleading for the 
content of the movie. Is it though? It's not really not for. I mean, it's kind of her. It's uh, Rayette's theme to that's, some extent. That's true. I guess it's just. It's really upsetting sad. That, that. Oh yeah. Is, uh, it's not great that it's the that, theme, yeah. but it, it it completely fits. Which is so upsetting. So upsetting that poor that poor. I think cross-eyed woman. There was something once you pointed that out. I couldn't see anything but that. I hate saying, I hate watching movies and noticing little, you know, because it's nice when people don't look like your average pinup models in movies. Like, I thought that's what I love about the cast of this movie. And even Jack, really, you know, they look like regular people, you know? Where she, you know, Renette is definitely attractive, but she's also got that quality where she's, you know, definitely. I don't want to say she's trailer trash or white trash, but she's, you she's know. She's very believably a roadside diner or waitress person. Yeah. Um, and part yeah, of, she was pretty, but she, there was something wonky. But it's a little off. Sure. And it's yeah. like, and it was, were her eyes too close together? Are they cross-eyed or something? The, the makeup was just done in a way that was strange. And I'd love to see her in something else. Because it's one of those performances where you go, are you that person? Like, did they just find the right person that was already that? Or, or are you just that good? And what you're doing. To see. That's why we've got to do the IMDb deep dive. Got to look see her if up. we've seen her in other things. I think the brother, Carl, and this could be way off, but I think he's the father in the Waltons. Never really saw the Waltons. Couldn't help you. I didn't really either, but I, he was definitely on a soap opera recently. For sure. And I think because I knew that, I read that he had come from the Waltons. But I could be ass backwards, so internet... Come at me if I'm wrong. Come at her. Yeah. Uh, any other final thoughts? I, this is a, not only a black hole of a title for me, but it's kind of a black hole as a period. And I think I'm going to try and fill that gap with some of these other titles. This has inspired me. Oh, nice. I'm really Easy Rider is the only one of its type and time that I'd seen before. Yeah. None of the other ones in the box set, and nothing else that I can think of that I know is a big part of that. Yeah, um, a lot of the ones in the box set aren't like last picture shows in this box. Oh, wait, set. I have seen that. That and I haven't seen that. Like, this is, I the only one in this box that I've ever seen was Easy Rider, but there's one called Head. I don't even know anything about that. Never heard of that one. So there's a couple. Uh, there's a couple deep deep cuts in this <laughs> box yeah. set that I'll dive into at some point, especially now that I've kind of broken the seal with this one. Yeah. So it was a very informative and productive. Um, browse through your blockbuster video yeah thanks thank you thanks for coming let's all go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat thank you for joining us for five easy pieces if you like the show please subscribe to the podcast and spread the word about it you can find me on Twitter, at Jeremy, and on Facebook, check out Black Hole Films. Please leave a review there, or on Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is you listen to this thing. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby.